Hey, 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 fellow Gooners. Um, new podcast, new one. What can we talk about today? It's Monday, the 15th of March. What happened yesterday? I'm trying to think. Was it Mother's Day? There was something else going on. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the North London Derby Review. Um, it's going to be one of those ones where I'm going to try and remain... Uh, as unbiased as possible, unlike Gary Lineker. Um, no, I can't be unbiased, I'm Laguna. Um, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, I'm going to look back on it, some of the key incidents, some of the key moments, and uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on it as well. But uh, coming up, my North London Derby review. So here we go. Um, the North London Derby, the one back at the Emirates. Um, as we all know, the uh, North London Derbies normally go to uh, type. They normally go to the home team. Um, but this one felt a little bit funny. There's a bit of something in the air that, about this one. It was. It's one of those games where it's horrible beforehand. It's as tense as anything during the game. And then afterwards, you either get to enjoy it or hate it um, more than any other game in the league. Uh, and this one, there was definitely more of that around. Spurs started picking up points again, started playing really well, smashed Burnley 4-0. Stuff like that. And, you know, with Kane and Son Min and all that sort of stuff, they were starting to click going forward again. Most observers would say that, you know, they were shaking at the back. Uh, not as shaky as Arsenal, of course, who are conceding goals mainly because of uh, the way we were playing rather than the way that the attacking teams against us were playing. You know, we were gifting goals away, left, right and centre. And so you had to worry, as a Guna, that we were going to do that with Harry Kane and Son Min and 
Gareth Bale up front. Um, so going into the game, I'd say a little bit nervous, a little bit worried. Always are with a North London derby anyway. Um, but also there's a slight bit of um, excitement. You know, we had we've got a good good spine going through the team now. Good attacking options up front. And we, I've been saying for a while now that part of our problem is that we're not clicking up front, we're not pacing up up front. Uh, when it does click, we're going to cause teams trouble, you know. Um, Mikel Arteta has come in and he's definitely tried to do the job of stabilising us at the back first, get us solid there first and then start expressing ourselves up front. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to get that grounding at the back. It's the George Graham style of management when he came in, um, Georgie Graham, that's what he did, he sorted out our defence first and then added flair and young players up front and you know that's not too dissimilar to what Mikel Arteta done so far. Um, the FA Cup brought him some time in terms of when we were going through rough patches this season um, but this is now turning into a decent side. If we can get some stability, if we can get some um, consistency, we, we you will see, this, especially in this league, this side will do well. And going into this game, I think the onus was all on Tottenham. You know, we were the back, we were the uh, underdogs almost, you know, looking down the leagues, we were, <laughs> we still haven't moved up a position or anything like that after the win. Um, spoilers, we won. Um, but before the game, I was a little bit... It's going to be one of those games where neither team wants the ball. Two counter-attacking teams. And it will be, you know, a fairly... Apart from it being a North London derby, a bit fairly tame affair. But we started on the front foot, man. It's the first time in a little while where we've come flying out the traps. And I think the time of the game helped. You know, it's one of those ones that's awful... You've got all weekend, you've got games going off from Friday night all the way through till half four on a Sunday. And it just builds the tension up more and more. And the players must feel that as well. Um, it's probably why Aubameyang was late. Um, you know, and that, so before the game, even that little bit, that, that starts to niggle away at you. You know, I, I, I was really angry about the fact that they just said disciplinary measures meant that Aubameyang wasn't starting. But... Fair play to Arteta for that, man. You know, to turn around and say he's the captain, you've got to be set the example. And he's set the example with him. I'm not going to let him run roughshod. If he's late, he ain't playing. He's not coming in. He's not starting. They don't care. It's not, it's not about one person being bigger than the club or just picking the players that uh, you have to pick. Kind of like England managers have done since, I would say, uh, Sven, who just picked players based on who they are rather than how they're performing. So Arteta went with a team that he felt he could rely on and it was a decent side. It was a decent turn up. Um, and we, like I say, we, we started like an absolute house on fire. Um, hit the bar really early on with Odegaard. Now Odegaard, uh, I was a little bit sceptical about him coming in because of Smith Rowe and it being only a half season loan anyway. Um, but I've, I've got to say, I've got to say that we've got to already, I think, pull the plug on a Savile steel if there is one in place and just say, look, we'll take Odegaard and you, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go down that road. And the only worry is, is that the more times Odegaard plays, Madrid are going to be sending their scouts over to watch him and they're going to want to keep him, but also they're going to be watching the young lad, Bukayo Saka, who, again, had another good game. Um, and that's what that's what worries you, that someone's going to come along and try and, and try and sign him off us because he's our leading light. But, you know, in terms of this game... After the last couple of games, like I say, we were gifted goals away. Xhaka and Ceballos. It was one of those things where all our all gooners were like, look, if we can cut those mistakes out, we are snuffing out chances. Um, no one's really bothering us as such. It's, we're giving goals away. And that's what we have to do in this game, was not give those goals away. And I'm sure that would have been part of the team talk. It's like, just, yes, play out from the back, but do it sensibly. Don't ping balls at each other. Don't put players under pressure. Just do it properly. Just have a little look around. And I think Mourinho was probably taken off guard by the fact that, that we we sort of curtailed that in this game. Um, so, yeah, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe in the same side. I mean, Smith-Rowe, if, if that goal goes in, it crashes against the bar. I mean, we've got a completely different game from the, from the very off anyway, but um, there'll be people, Mourinho himself has said, that they didn't play well in the first half. So how much of that is them not playing well and us controlling the game? I am of the strong belief that it's actually that more down to Arsenal playing well than Spurs not being very good. I think we didn't allow them to be very good. Um, we were totally, totally dominant in that um in that first period of the game. Look, make no bones about it. Them losing Son early in the first half changed probably how their tactics were and how they were set up. And in all honesty, the ball to Son when he was when he pulled up, if he hadn't have pulled up, that might have been a bit a bit of trouble. Um, and we again try not to be biased. Um, that we. They missed, they missed that outlet as, as much as we would if we lost Saka or anyone like that, in, 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 you know, our version of Son. In that game, in that first half, you know, you lose that, that's your whole game plan changed because, and this is not a dig, this is what Spurs do. They play, they sit back, they sit back, they defend well, and a ball over the top and Son with his pace and Kane running up behind him. That's where they get the goals. And you can see that in the league, that's why they've scored so many goals. And it's one of those things where I've always mentioned it's not about stopping Song doing what he does or Kane doing what he does. It's about stopping the ball getting to them in the first place. You stop the supply lines to them and that's where you stop, you nullify their attacking threat. It's not rocket science. It's just one of those things. It's just what you've got to do. But you've also got to defend well against them because top quality players can produce top quality moments. Now, let's have a look at the Lamella goal. It was a good goal, good finish, tidy finish. You know, to keep that controlled, the, the Rabona could go anywhere where you hit a Rabona, um, but he kept it on the ground, kept it controlled. It went, it squeezed in. Beautiful pace on it, to be fair. Tidy, tidy finish. The only reason he's done it is because he hasn't got a right foot. So it's come to him, and he has to hit it with his left because if he swings his right at it, it goes nowhere, or it curves towards Bernardo's right-hand post. He had to hit it with his left to get it squeezed. 
anywhere else, and that's not a goal. You know, we're at any other foot, any other foot. He's only got two. But <laughs> if he swings his right foot at it, it doesn't cause us any trouble. So fair play to him. He took the chance. He's done it before. He scored a goal. Now, the change here, especially with Arsenal, is this Arsenal side. Um, we didn't buckle. We didn't close down. We didn't try and damage limitation. We were like, ah, we're the home side. We, we know we've got chances against this back four. Let's go for it. And we, went, we, we still went for it. It's an unusual tactic with this Arsenal team in that our main attacking threat is from the left-back position. Um, Kieran Tierney, I've said before, he walks into any Premier League side, any Premier League side, straight up. You keep him 100% fit um, and he walks. He's, he's as good as Andy Robertson. Seriously, if, I know Robertson gets a lot of plaudits, but if you put Tierney in that Liverpool side from last year, he does just as well as Danny Robertson there. Um, I'm not going to say they're better than the other, or one's better than the other, but he's as good as. And that's why I'm saying he walks into any Premier League side. And Tierney Tierney is the sort of player you want in these situations. And we've got that now. It's the sort of player that doesn't capitulate, doesn't sit back and go, oh, well, let's just try and ride this out for a minute and see, see if we can just... Uh, nullify the Spurs' reaction to getting the goal. It was like, no, look, we, they've scored the goal. Um, let's not settle back. Let's get at them. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson used to be the same. When you watch his team, um, Man United sides used to score almost, if you go back and have a look regularly, they would score after going a goal behind or once they once they conceded. Because you were celebrating and high and pumped up and trying to score more goals or whatever and they would pick you off then that's when they'd get you back and then you'd be demoralised and um, yeah we didn't go score straight after the amount of goal but we continued to control the game continued to make chances um, Cedric hitting the, the post as a great effort um, and not only was it a great effort on goal considering he was running and had to stretch at it but the desire and the hunger to get there and this is the first time in a long time since probably the 5-2 games against Spurs at the Emirates, where, for me, it felt like the players understood. The players got it. The players, it wasn't just another game. It wasn't just another three points. And that's what Mourinho was trying to do. I get that in the press, you know. Um, it's the same thing as uh, Pep Guardiola now, who, whoever he's about to play against, he praises their managerial style and how well they're doing. It's just trying... It's, ridiculous mind games thing. Um, and that's what uh, Mourinho was trying to do. It's just another three points. Actually, that probably hurt his own Tottenham side because he needs to get them fired up. He needs to get them going. This is Arsenal. We've got to beat them. We've got to, it doesn't matter what we do for the rest of the season. Our fans will back us because we smashed Arsenal at their place. And I think we had that this time. And like I say, he's been pilloried. He's been lambasted, quite rightly, at times. But you keep David Luiz engaged, um, playing week in, week out, and with another decent centre-half alongside him, and you get a, he is a top-draw centre-half, he just switches off too many times. And if you can get that out of his system, he's shown it in the last couple of games. He, he's a quality centre-back. He is a quality centre-back. And when you've got someone as, as 
rock hard as Gabriel, which we'll come on to a little bit later on with Gabriel and Kane. Um, the two of them together are a decent centre half, and if you centre half partnership, if you if you haven't got one of those two, you've got Mari, who's settling in really well now and finding his feet. You've got Rob Holding, who um, we've mentioned before. He's a sort of a player where with Rob Holding, he really needs to start games more often and he rolls into each game. He gets better and better and better. You can't just drop him in and drop him out. He's not one of those players. He needs to get, he's like a rolling start. Um, but then you've got the players like Tierney, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Saka, um, that are on it from the start and running and full of energy. Then you've got Lacazette, who when he's playing in that position, is all about power and strength and holding the ball up and bringing other players in and, and making sort of team gels. Um, and that's what we need, and that's what we've had, and we've got that spine. You've got Partey finished 90 minutes. Xhaka looked good against Spurs, got his yellow card. Of course he did, why wouldn't he? Um, but uh, it, was just a, it was just a joy to see. And what we need to do now, you know, like before this run of games, when the Europa League draw was made, people were saying, oh, what game... Where, where would you go? Would you take a, a narrow loss in Olympiacos to then grab a win at Spurs? Well, look, what you've got to try and do is win every game. You've got to try and use a squad to do that. And you can't rely on one set of fixes or the other. You've got to try and make sure you win every game. Um, not that we would ever try and throw a game, but you, I don't like this placing emphasis on one set of results or the other. You've got to go out to make sure you win every game and that's what we that's what I think Arteta is trying to do he's not in terms of this whole um, pick your best 11 yes obviously that's what you've got to do you've got to pick your best 11 but your best 11 can be the best 11 on the day the best 11 for that tactic the best 11 for that game um, and I think that's what I genuinely think that's what he did um, and we'll come on to other bits and pieces about that in the the next part of the pot. So just a quick break and then we'll come back. Right, so we score the goal. He's got a, a tidy deflection off of it for Odegaard, but he's got his goal. That's fine. We'll take that. Um, makes it one all before half time and we come out in the second half now this is where it gets a little bit contentious first of all the ball over the top to Lacazette was superb it's exactly the ball they play exactly the play time they can play that Lacazette unbelievably manages to miscue horrifically and that has actually helped him out. Now, Davidson Sanchez, to be fair to him, is flying in to make the block. Right? But, and this is the big but, and this is where I'm having rows all over Twitter and social media. Um, he's not out of control, to be fair to him. He is lunging to, make the, to try and block the ball, not the player. But, he's got both feet off the floor. There is contact. Yes, you could say that it's, it's Lacazette's follow-through that's hit him and not the other way around. But if he's not making that challenge, that doesn't happen. And the fact is, that if he'd have been up with the play, 
he would have been shepherding Lacazette out anyway. So when Lacazette made the, um, the fluff, it wouldn't have mattered. Now, the problem is that we're having here is that Spurs fans, Jermaine Genus, one of them, saying it's not a penalty because, because of the way the contact goes or whatever. If he's a better defender or is better placed, then that doesn't happen. There's contact in the box. He goes down, screaming. Um, Gary, if you're listening, of course he's not, it's Gary Lineker, but this is what I'm saying. That last week, they all made a big thing of Lacazette falling over and screaming and shouting and laughing about it. Look at this. and It's not so funny now, is it, Gary? It's not so funny now because that's what happens. If that had been David Louise that did that, and that's something that David Louise is quite capable of doing, that throwing himself in that position um, because he's been caught ball watching and not watching the player, he would have had pelters. He would have been destroyed on social media. How could he ever play for the club again? Look at, But because it's not, because it's a Tottenham player, because they're the media darlings and they're supposedly better than us and we, we shouldn't even be on the same pitch as them, no one can understand it. Now, if you look at the, refer- if you look at the FA laws, it doesn't say anywhere that once you've scuffed the shot, you can smash into a player. Oh, he didn't smash into him, but he lunged at him. There was contact in the box and he's gone down. The referee's given it. Now, as everyone is really fond of telling you, these things even themselves out over time. Where, where was the referee and the VAR when Martinez pulled Lacazette down against Villa? Right? Where was... So, all these things build up. There's a there's a, a moment in the game where Regillion, or however you pronounce his name, sorry about that, I didn't get that really well, get, didn't get that right, but... Um, he gets a nudge in the back, falls over, screaming and shouting. Exactly the same as what Lacazette did. It's not made mention of. Now... There is another incident in the game, which we're going to come on to in a minute, where nothing was made of it. And I don't see, I didn't see any Spurs supporters up in arms about this moment. Um, but it's a penalty. And at the end of the day, even if it's not, even if, even if Lacazette does kick him through his follow-through, and even if Sanchez had stayed on his feet, it doesn't matter what we think at the end of the day. The only opinion that matters are the people in Stockley Park who have got no idea about our, uh, about the game, to be fair to them, again, trying to be down the line, and the referee. The referee didn't want to review it. The VAR didn't tell him to review it. It is a penalty. In much the same way that David Luiz's against Wolves. Probably wasn't a penalty, but it was given. And we had to live with that and deal with it. Not only was that a penalty, but they sent him off for it as well. So, in some respects, Sanchez can be um, luck- considered lucky that they deemed it a, um, it wasn't a, a red card offence because he could have gone. He could have gone to the, the letter of the law. He could have gone. And again, flipping it, if it had been against Arsenal, I would have been furious. The penalty decision and all sorts. It would have been. Uh, but sorry, I'm, I'm out walking. Uh, so it's a bit noisy. Um, you, you've got to go with it. The referee's given it. You can't change his mind. You can't change what's happened. It's what we keep getting told. Deal with it. Get over it. It's a, it's a penalty. It's a penalty, lads. That's it. 
steps up. Great penalty again, puts us 2-1 up. And from that moment on, we're pretty much in control again. Until Lamella gets sent off. For some reason, once Lamella gets sent off, I think the message to the Arsenal players then was, let's not do anything silly, let's just see the game out, and let's just control it. And I think that was, the, that was the wrong call, because that allowed Spurs to come back into it. In much the same way, that at the toilet bowl, when they went 2-1 up, um, was that the game this season? Did Lacazette score an absolute worldie, and then we lost... I'm sure that was the game. But anyway, this season, when we lost at Spurs, we had all the control of the game in the second half, but they defended brilliantly. Um, personally, I think that's the wrong time to start seeing the game out. There is game management there, but I think when you're starting to, especially in a derby, if you're starting to do that, that early into the, into the game, you're going to cause yourself trouble. And it nearly did, you know. Um, it nearly cost us... Especially towards the end, when once Harry started falling over, and um, the shot where Gabriel just stood and absolutely took one to the face um, could have had a massive change to the game, but it didn't. Um, uh, but what we need to do now is discuss Harry Kane. He is, without doubt, unquestionably. England's best striker at the moment. Playing the number 10 stroke number 9 role, there is no one better English in the league than what Harry Kane does. However, because he's English, because he wears a captain's armband, he is extended some unbelievable protection. The foul on Gabriel wasn't just a foul, it was a premeditated lash out because he's had no change in the back four. And he's probably thinking, I'm Harry Kane, you're David Luiz and Gabriel, I should be set scoring a hat trick. I should be getting goals here, and I'm not. You're keeping me quiet. And I'm angry, and I'm frustrated. I mean, Alan Smith even said, oh, that's a bit of frustration, daddies. It's not frustration when you launch, launch into someone, forearm leading, the ball had gone, the ball had well gone in fact it, Harry Kane was so late on the challenge to Gabriel that he made a Aubameyang look early getting to the ground that's how late he was and it's the forearm smashed to the, to the side of the head genuinely could cause serious damage to someone when they're not expecting it and the speed that Kane comes in at is unacceptable the problem is as I said he has got the captain's armband for England. The same thing which happened with Shearer when he booted Lennon in the face. Referees, I'm not going to say anything that could get me in trouble, but there is a leniency there that referees seem to have when it comes to the player that wears the captain's armband for England. And it wasn't mentioned on Sky, it wasn't mentioned on Master Day, it wasn't mentioned on, you know, VAR. I didn't go back and have a look at it. What is the point of VAR? I thought one of the reasons it was brought in was to go back and miss stuff that happened that the referee didn't quite catch. Well, the referee didn't catch that, and it was an absolute forearm smash that Lex Luger would have been proud of in the WWE. That was his finishing move, was a forearm smash. 
genuinely, Taylor's got away with one there. And it's not an Arsenal Spurs bias. It's a, for me, football bias. Just because he wears a captain's armband for England doesn't mean to say he gets away with doing stuff that can seriously injure players. He could have concussed, he genuinely could have knocked, <laughs> knocked him out. He hit him with that so hard. Um, and just because you're frustrated doesn't mean you're allowed to do that sort of stuff. Uh, and Gary Lineker being very quiet on Twitter. Um, Jermaine Genius going, was going down as usual. Well, um, yeah, Arsenal had most of the possession. They had the most amount of shots, but you've got to say that Spurs are unlucky not to have won that game, like he did in the, in the cup final when they lost to Chelsea. I mean, honestly, the guy is a fool, but for some reason, the BBC like to have these sort of people commentating and, and punditing on their games now. It's the whole Piers Morgan soundbite style of journalism. It'll get clicks, likes and retweets. So let's let's have him out there. Just say just say stuff, Jermaine. We'll we'll, we'll pick you up and run with it. It's fine. Um, but something has to be done. Something has to be done, and not just on Harry Kane. Let's have it right. Any player doing that to any other player, that's what VAR is there for. Retrospective. Even after the game, even today, tomorrow, Wednesday, someone needs to look at that and go, do you know what? That was bang out of order, and we missed it. So we need to go back and have a look at that and sort it out now and, and, and give him a card for that. Because it was a, it was a card-worthy offence. Um, and they go down to nine men. We haven't got a problem for the rest of the game. But anyway, all that aside, it was a lovely morning this morning waking up. Um, and not just because he's Tottenham manager, but to get one over Mourinho, who's just the worst type of person in football. Can't stand the man. Um, I'm amazed he's still getting jobs in English football. I really wish he wasn't. Uh, I don't want him anywhere near the league. It would even make Tottenham a better side if he wasn't there, and I'd still be happy with that because I don't want him in English football. He's a horrific person. Um, aside from take the take the stale tactics away from it, the eye gouging, the the comments. Um, uh, throwing his players under the bus and praising himself. It's, it's just not what I class as football. But there we go. Um, after 1 2 1, we are now a couple of points behind Liverpool. Um, apparently, Spurs are still in contention for the top four. We aren't. We know we're not as a, as a club, but there are still points to be had. Uh, Mikel Arteta has won against all the top six managers now, which is something towards the end of his time that Arsene Wenger couldn't do. Um, and I, I genuinely think that the future is very bright Arsenal if we can keep hold of Odegaard and if we can make sure that our spine stays solid. Thanks for listening. Um, I'll speak to you again soon after the next match, probably the NPR cost game. Uh, enjoy your day in the sun, Gunas. We, we, we deserved that one for a while. Um, and stick it to any Spurs fan that thinks it wasn't a penalty. It definitely was. Um, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers.